and welcome back to Girl Mode. This is episode 37. I am one of your hosts, Willa Rowe. And I'm your other host, Robin B. So uh, today's episode is an idea that we've had for a while, but for a long time, you didn't have a job. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> so we weren't going to do it because we really thought it would be... scary and sad. Yeah. <laughs> but I have I a mean, job. it's still scary and sad. Um... <laughs> Yeah, so I, I mentioned last week that uh, I'm no longer uh, going to be on Housed at the end of this month, uh, and the reason for that Woo-hoo! is, yeah, very exciting for me, personally. And uh, I mentioned that I've been doing some freelance reviews, and that's part of it. The other part of it is that I have uh, just a different job now. I'm working uh, as a barista, once again, the the job that I keep coming back to. And so we, when I got laid off, we... I think we half-jokingly said that when I find another job, we will talk about job sims on the show. Mm-hmm. And then I, you know, have this other job. And I've been kind of thinking about, I don't know, the idea of... I've been thinking about jobs and the idea of having one and the idea of enjoying or not enjoying them and why you would want to pretend to have a job for enjoyment. Yeah. So we decided to just do the episode for real. So here we are, doing it for real. Look at us. Wow. Wow, look at us. Yeah, let's talk about job sims. And the first things to talk about are, one, do either of us like job sims? Do we play job sims? And then also, I guess, going into like a a definition of job sims. I think those, I think we can kind of answer those questions at the same time, because there are so many different things that we call job sims. And they're so different that like... I definitely like some of the things that you will see on a list if you Google best job sims and some of them. Which might, we did, and there was we some did, weird and answers. They're all bad. <laughs> None of these lists are make any sense. Um, and part of that is because like the def- like this genre is so weird. It includes so many different things. And I think there are like some definitions of this that mm-hmm. we both like and some that we both dislike, and some that probably one of us likes and the other one doesn't. I also want to note that I think it's really funny that you can't search best job sims yes. and find a list of job simulator <laughs> games because instead Google thinks you're looking for guides on what careers to choose for your sims in The Sims 4. So yes. I'm if really you glad. For sims with any combination of words, it will just show you The Sims. <laughs> I'm really uh, glad EA has that like SEO market cornered. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's what happens when you are like one of the most recognizable video games in existence for the past like two decades yeah so what is a job sim you helpfully have broken it down kind of into three loose categories these are categories that i like completely made up on the fly and i there's only three because i just stopped there i i i don't mean to imply that there are three kinds of job sims (laughs) they're just three kinds that i could think of Mm-hmm. while we were waiting to start recording. I think when I think job sim, I think the thing that I think of are games like truck simulator or like farming simulator or power mm-hmm. wash simulator or whatever. These tend to have simulator in the name, I guess, but they're dro- they're games where it's just like you're doing one thing and it is trying to represent that thing accurately. And that thing is usually what we tend to think of as like a boring or like repetitive job would kind of make sense because like for one of these games to work you kind of have to be able to break down the steps into very like 
discrete categories of action. Like, you know, a sim that's like, I don't know, a like a professor, like a college professor sim. It's like, that would be very hard to like quantify. Like, here are all the things that you do if you are this. Whereas like a truck driver, it's like if you, they all have to accomplish this same thing. That's like very easy to explain. These are all like the ten, they're all jobs that you would find in a Richard Scary book. You know, you can picture a cat wearing a mailman outfit and understand what that cat does. This reference has gone completely yeah, that's over my I'm head. Ancient. It's fine. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> so I guess like this is uh, if you're not going to join in, I guess I'll just keep. No, going. no, you're doing great. You're doing great. great. Um, I could make a podcaster sim because what we're doing is almost like making a real podcast. So yeah, I don't know. What are, like, how do you feel about this sort of type of, of job sim? Is this um, something you've played or are interested in at all? I have personally like never played one of these kinds. Mm. Um, I think the one that is like fresh in my memory is something like Power Wash Simulator, which was like very popular at the time. Um, and I just was looking at him like, why, why would I play this? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think... Funnily enough, actually linking back to last week's episode, the only like hardcore, like true to life simulator that I think has looked interesting to me is Lush Foil Photography Sim, which is coming out Mm. like sometime soon because that just looks neat because I think it'll be fun to like get into the intricacies of photography. But I've never really gotten into like any just like pure job sim. Yeah, that's I I didn't think about that one, but that definitely fits this category. Uh, which is one I'm looking forward to as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've played some of these games. Like I did play Power Wash Simulator a little bit. There've definitely been points, like just very, you know, different times when I'm like, I want to play a game purely to just like zone out and relax and whatever. And that's when these games start to feel appealing. That I was at one of those periods when I was playing Power Wash Simulator and I was still like, this is too boring. Like I just couldn't get into it. But I've played like a little bit of like cooking simulator, which is pretty fun. Um, it's also like a goofy, like janky physics kind of game. So it's like funny when you fuck up because just plates like go flying and shit. But it's mm-hmm. kind of fun to like to mess around with something like that. You have in our notes here, truck simulator, parentheses. Why the fuck do people play this? And OK, I, so I think I was thinking about this when you said it. Uh huh. I understand kind of it is like, I think with a lot of these pure job sims, it's kind of this idea of you just like, you can not, not fully mindlessly, but it's like very kind of one track mind of like, you just do this thing and you just keep doing it. And it's like, there's something meditative about it, which Mm -hmm. I think is kind of like probably the biggest appeal of these. And I think for me, I just have never gotten into them because like, I need a level of separation from reality that just makes it a little simpler like i understand the appeal of just driving around in a game with no like intention just kind of just going but i'll i'll I'll, i just do that in for in forza horizon instead of doing it in like truck simulator so okay so when you say like a little distance from reality you mean in terms of abstraction not in terms of like driving a truck as a thing doesn't appeal to you but maybe something a little more fantastical would it's it's like mechanical separation yeah from reality that makes sense like and actually now that you say that like i haven't played the any of these driving sims but i have absolutely like booted up forza horizon and just like got in a car and driven around that 
that map for like half an hour, like doing nothing, like not racing, just like because it's kind of fun. It's also um, why I like I'll play Forza Horizon, but I won't play like yes. a mainline Forza game because exactly. that's like a racing sim mm-hmm. and I just want the arcadey racer. Yeah, I will say um, something that I have kind of wanted is like a for me, I think that both of those things are there at different times. Like I, th- there are different times when I want that little bit of like mechanical abstraction uh, to make myself more interested. But there's also times when I think that I could get into a game that was just a little more divorced from reality in terms of like setting or narrative. Like, l- like rather than truck sim, I've thought about this a lot before. Is like if there's a sim that's just like you play as like a like s- space like smuggler kind of person, and you're just like driving supplies around. That feels like something I could get into. And that's something that I have sort of done before with, uh, there's a game called Elite Dangerous that there is like combat and there's like stuff like that you can do. But whenever I've played it, I've basically just used it to like, I would just go and like pick up supplies at a space station and then fly to the next one and drop them off and do things like that. And there is something really appealing about the like very mechanical process of flying there where you need to like, especially like docking at a station, you have Mm -hmm. to like adjust your speed and your you know your trajectory or whatever at like very specific times and like remember to put down your your landing gear and just like all this really minutia of of like flying one of these things that's really appealing so i wanted to shout out this game for you i've never actually played this game but i think it might be kind of exactly what you're talking about of like something that is mechanically kind of like this but a little more separated Mm -hmm. narratively or the abstraction there's a game called a day of maintenance which I've never heard of it. It was in last year's Queer Games bundle. I don't know if it was in this year's, cool. but it's essentially a truck simulator game, like mechanically, but you're on like an abandoned planet kind of, and mm. your job is to basically drive a truck along with like you have a robot companion and there's like a lot of like narrative stuff going on while you're doing the truck driving, mm-hmm. but also like mechanically the truck driving is very simulation-esque. Neat. Yeah, that sounds really cool. I, I will definitely check that out. I Yeah, I have at various times like thought about going back and playing more Elite Dangerous. The problem that I had with it, though, is that like while you're flying, there's not really much to do. Like it's, it tends to be more automatic then, which makes sense because you're in space. There's no like roads to take. But Turn something that pod. was a little... What's that? Listen to girl mode. Listen to girl mode. Well, that's <laughs> what I would do. It's like I would... There's actually... There's like... Groups of players for that game, this is completely off topic, but groups of players have made their own, like, basically, like, in-canon radio stations mm-hmm. that you can tune into. So they're just, like, hosted on some website where they just have, like, DJs who, like, play music and talk about, like, what's going on in the game as if it were, like, a news broadcast. Uh, it's they're, it's really cool. Like, people have gotten so into that game mm-hmm. in a way that I would like to, but have never been dedicated enough to. But it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I do also want to say, like, while we're this started with us talking about truck simulator and like, why would anyone want to play that? And that's definitely a question that I have had, too. But I recently so there's there's a group of like streamers slash YouTubers that I watch a lot called Drawfee. They started as like part of college humor, like way back in the day. But it's just these like four people who they like take drawing like weird drawing prompts and just like draw about them. And like, they're just very like, I don't know, have these very funny conversations about it. But they also stream. Um, a couple of weeks ago, they did a fundraiser, the reasons for which are like because of a 
an in-joke that happened on a stream one time that's not worth explaining, but they played Truck Simulator. It was like a four-hour stream to raise money for the Stonewall Community Foundation, which they they raised like $100,000 over the course of four hours, which is amazing. But watching them play it, I kind of got the appeal, uh, which I think was helped by the fact that they were playing with people and they treated it as if it were like an actual road trip where like no one was allowed to like leave while the truck was in motion and like all this kind of stuff. So I can definitely see the appeal there as like a sort of like background noise game to like you're almost like they're almost LARPing as if it were a road trip at that point, which sounds really fun to me. Um, but yeah, I don't know, just watching it in that different context made it did kind of make it appeal to me where it's like low key enough that you can kind of just like turn your brain off and not be like focused on the game, but just kind of like having it happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's, I don't know, there's some appeal there. I can understand that. But I think, so that's what I would consider just like pure job sims. Uh, I think like a sort of, a related one is like management sims, where it is still about one specific thing, but it's at an even higher level of abstraction where you're not the person driving the truck. Like in this analogy, you'd be a person managing like a transport mm-hmm. company and like a fleet of them. Uh, like you mentioned sports management sims before we started. Yeah. Like F, like I know there's F1 management simulator. Basically, there's like you know FIFA management, um, all that kind of stuff. Again, this is something that I've never gotten into. I guess in a way, I I, I see the appeal of something like this a little more honestly than I do hmm. something like Truck Simulator because I feel like there's there's more of a level of like involvement where you get to kind of like plan things and like make choices like there's a bit more like active involvement that I think is interesting um the only one of these I can think of that I've ever played are there's like idle simulator games where Mm -hmm. it's essentially like you're running like you know kind of an idle company and you have to like choose what stars are going to be like big and stuff and that I like a lot because like I love you know k-pop and things like that but um Mm -hmm. I don't know it's they're they're interested there's a level of I think the mechanics of play for these games are kind of fascinating and where it's like, it's like, it's almost like ex- exciting spreadsheets to me. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yes. it's about, it's kind of about just like numbers and that kind of thing. That that reminds me of like, every once in a while, Game Pass would add one of the football manager games. And when I was still doing those roundups, uh, like as a card story for inverse of like what's coming to Game Pass, mm-hmm. whenever I would have to find a, like a usable screenshot for football manager, it was a nightmare because they were all just spreadsheets. <laughs> it was like, I, this, I can't, this is unusable. But yeah, I've never really played these types of games, like the spreadsheet games. There are like, there's a, there's like an old game called Capitalism and a, there's an older series that has more recent entries it's called Democracy, where it's just about like running an economy or running a country, which is even more like kind of vague and weird to imagine. Mm-hmm. But those seem like a little more interesting to me, which I think a lot of that is just goes, comes down to like, I don't really care about sports. And so like the sports management sims don't do it for me. I, a lot of the lists we were looking at earlier included like city builder type games, which I think if you like you had two, I think could be included in this category. But I think that's just a very, very different kind of game. Like the it goals and the way you play like, are yeah. so different. It like doesn't seem like a sim to me. I will say I grew up with um when we had our like one family computer in the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had Zoo Tycoon and Roller Coaster Tycoon yes, on it. Which and are very fun. Those games I was obsessed with. And then you just try to make like all of the people who go to your roller coasters throw up all the time. <laughs> yes. 
Yeah, that's what I remember most is like you could have little mascots walking around in like panda mm-hmm. costumes and you could make people throw up and you could create roller coasters that would kill everyone who rode them. <laughs> Which is so weird. I guess it's like one of the interesting thing about simulators is um, how they're supposed to be simulations of life. But since they're in a game, you can just break things in the weirdest, stupidest ways. Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought you had some point. No, that was that, that was okay, that, okay, was, yeah, that, no, that was the fine. end of the sentence. Which, yeah, I don't know. I get I get the appeal of that too. Like that sort of makes that sort of um, reminds me of things like there's a a VR game just called Job Simulator, and it's like I think I've talked about it before. Mm-hmm. But there are like all these like scenarios you can like be in an office or like be a convenience store clerk or whatever, and it's kind of about like doing things wrong, just like throwing food at customers and like knocking, you know, just kind of being a nuisance. Uh I'm going to, so I'm going to shout out a game and it's so funny that this is coming up this episode because I had one of my friends who listens to the podcast, he sent me a tweet about this game and he was like, you guys should play this game and talk about it on the podcast. And I was like, I have no reason to do that, but it's actually coming (laughs) up now. So this is very, really funny. I think you're going to be so confused where, like with where I'm going. Okay. So there's this game called JFK Reloaded. Excuse me? (laughs) (laughs) So there is this game called JFK Reloaded. Okay. (laughs) And it is... A JFK assassination simulator. I'm like, that's not a job, Willa. <laughs> Wait, listen, okay? I have a point that I'm trying to make. Okay. And the whole thing about it is... Um, and actually, I'm going to find this. There's a great um, there's a great Polygon video from Simone. Uh-huh. From Simone de Rochefort. Who ta- and she talks about this game in it. I'll send it to you. But anyways... This is like a really... It takes on the idea of like true simulation. I can hear like the cops with, coming for you right now. <laughs> yeah, but it's like they don't want everybody to know that, you know, there was a third yeah. shooter. Uh, but and it was you. It was me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, anyways, I have, man, I'm so, <laughs> I've lost it. So it has the idea of like a pure job sim where it wants to be like, we're going to take a thing and we're going to recreate it as realistically as possible. Uh But the thing is that you are Lee Harvey Oswald (laughs) and it puts you in the repository at the place that Lee Harvey Oswald did the shot. And it's just like, it's a short loop basically of when JFK drives past and it asks you to basically like the goal of the game is to accomplish the assassination in the same way that lee harvey oswald did mm-hmm. and it's like it's basically impossible because it's like a, it's a once in a lifetime shot kind of thing where it's like you know not even lee harvey oswald would be able to repeat it so this game is just about constantly trying to kill jfk but what people have done with it is they've made it a how can we kill jfk in the stupidest way game <laughs> oh that sounds great and It's like, because you can do absurd things. Like, people have basically done, like, how can you get the highest body count by, Uh like, shooting out the tires of cars to make them all crash with each other and, like, do all these things. But it's, I think it's a great example of the absurdity that is possible with pure job sims of despite being the most, the, the most, the biggest attempt at, like, true, quote unquote, like, realism in games, they can be the most absurd. 
Yeah, that's a really, yeah, there's like almost an uncanny valley thing going on there. Yeah. Where it's like because they're trying to be realistic and because they're often presented in a very dry way, it mm-hmm. just makes it very funny when you fuck things up completely. Like it's part of the fun of, of cooking simulator is like because it's trying to make you do these recipes very like correctly and like make, you know, make them turn out well that it's it's funnier when you just like throw eggs at shit and like mm-hmm. then it would be in like goat simulator or something like that where it's like the point is to cause chaos and therefore causing chaos isn't really that funny because you're doing what you're meant to like if you're told to you know do a very specific task in a very specific way and you refuse to like that's funny mm-hmm. anyway should we go on to the the, the the third category that you had yeah um so the the other one and the, the, again this is based up Mostly on what shows up on these weird lists. Um, But you'll often see things like Stardew Valley uh, is kind of the one that shows up a bunch. There's a bunch of examples of games like this. I would I would I would include games like um, like Reketeer or Moonlighter games where you're like running a shop and then going into dungeons. Right. Because there is like a like a shop simulation element. Mm. I would also throw into this Potionomics, my my beloved Potionomics, because like it's about running this business, but there's also these things on the side mm-hmm. about like building relationships and there's a crafting thing. It's so like sim are, light. Right. These are broadly like life sims where it's mm-hmm. like you are simulating kind of like the everyday life of this character, which includes work. And I think these tend to be my favorites. And I think from what I know about what games you like, I think... These seem to be like your where you come into job simulators the most as well. Yeah, definitely. It definitely is. Like these are the ones that I've played the most, and it is because they're the most they're they're honestly the farthest away from like a pure job sim. Like I was saying, I just need I need that level of something else to be invested in. Yeah, it's I I think it's part of like the way that I play games is like I tend to have a hard time like not getting into the head of my character like no matter Mm -hmm. what game i'm playing like i want to imagine like this character's life and so if you are just a blank slate who's like driving a truck that's like there can be some fun in like like making up a character that's totally just like in your head but i think what i like more is like looking at the window into this very specific life and like the story that's being told and it's just like less depressing when they Mm -hmm. have things going on that are not just working constantly (laughs) yeah they're so I'm like trying to think about there are a couple of games that I think could be considered job sims in some way that I actually do really like. And I was like wanting to talk about them and think about why I like them. And Mm -hmm. it's all because for me, these games, the thing that they have in common is there's a core mechanic of a sim thing, even though it's not too realistic, but then they have Mm -hmm. like interesting narrative on top of it that I feel like I need to be invested. And the ones that I was really thinking about are first is like the copy talk series and by extension, kind of Valhalla cyberpunk bartender action, if you've ever mm-hmm. played that. Yeah. And it's like, the things I like about these games is the like the meditative aspect of brewing drinks or mixing cocktails. And there's like, it's a gamified version of simulation where it's not too complicated. Like making a drink and coffee talk is not at all simulation level, but like mm-hmm. it's a repetitive process that I think is fun while story goes on around it. And like I said this with Coffee Talk episode two, even though I like didn't like that game, playing just like the endless mode of that is really fun. And I think that's kind of the thing that clicks to me that I think other people click with simulation games is like I'm doing a 
single task semi-mindlessly over and over again, kind of, where it's Mm -hmm. like some people will drive a truck, but I just get to constantly try to make the correct drink. This is a really weird one because I would say mechanically this next game is a pure simulation, even though it's a simulation of something that doesn't exist in real life, which is Heartspace Shipbreaker. Mm -hmm. This is a game I really, really love. And the mechanics of it are pure simulation, like Mm -hmm. on the level of anything like Truck Simulator, because it is like there are very hard rules about how this world's physics work and how this job works of, you know, basically being you're doing scrap for spaceships, which obviously you can't do in real life. But the game treats this with such realism that it's like it is as equally about process and repetition and making these choices in a way that like speaks to the real idea of the job. But what I really like about this game and why it makes it more interesting is that it gives you something to latch onto while you're doing this repetitive task, because it also ends up being this really incredible story about like how capitalism is fucking terrible. And it's a really great example to me of kind of investigating the idea of a job sim and the narrative potential of it. And for me, it's like, that's kind of the only thing that would like keeps me latched on. Yeah. I was going to ask, do you think you would be interested in this game if it weren't for the story? But it sounds like no. not. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that that is interesting. Like, uh, I just want to plug again, the uh, a talk from this year's Lunaricon, uh, which you can still find on Fellow Traveler's YouTube page. Uh, and this one is called Future Labors, Citizen Sleeper and Hard Space Shipbreaker in Conversation, which is a conversation between Garrett Damien Martin, who developed uh, Citizen Sleeper, and Elliot Hudson, who uh, is, I believe, the creative director on Hard Space Shipbreaker. And Elliot talks about that idea about how it's a game not about just doing work, but exploring like what it means to be doing that work and like the toll that it takes on people and so i think that is like like you said you mentioned like the narrative potential of job simulators which i think is something most of them don't even attempt to really deal with and i think what make what makes hard space so special is not just that that story is is great but that it like has interesting things to say about the nature of work as well um so it's like not 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 about the sim as much as it is about the story which is yeah, it's just an interesting take on this thing. Because like I was saying, I, I don't like a lot of these games, but I think the ones that I do do tend to have something to say a little bit more about work and having a job. And mm-hmm. like I think Potionomics does that a little bit of, of talking about like the kind of like struggle of being saddled with debt and this stuff and how it is ultimately like the relationships with other people in town that make it worth doing this thing to begin with. It's like a much lighter touch on that than something like hard space which is again like about those those ideas that actually that reminds me also of diary of a spaceport janitor have you not played this game i do not even oh i think you would love it you should play it um you you play as a janitor on a spaceport and like you just go around and pick up trash Mm -hmm. uh that's that's the game uh there's there's a moment in the so yeah you play as a janitor who it's just like every day you like wake up and go pick up trash around the spaceport to be able to like afford your meds basically. And if you like don't make enough money, you just die, uh, which obviously like there's a mm-hmm. lot going on there already about like why we work and like what labor does to us and and why we need it and so forth. But the story is great. And there is um, this moment in particular that I'm thinking of where 
there's like a big festival one day and you know everyone has the day off and you get to go and like walk around this festival and have a good time and then the next day this this the city or like the spaceport or whatever is just trashed there's so much work to do because the previous day everyone else was having so much fun and i think like that is such an interesting statement on work and the ways that we like devalue and degrade like service workers particularly like there are there are classes of workers who are seen as like their enjoyment and their their comfort and their humanity is is overlooked like to the point where i feel like really i don't know subconsciously to some people like the idea of having a day off and like enjoying a festival part of that is not having to pick up after yourself and like not having to think about the people who are doing that work and like making that work for other people and i don't know it's a it's a relationship that i think a lot of people have to like baristas for instance or like anyone like the the checkout person at the grocery store like Mm -hmm. there is there are there are these forms of labor that are like necessary for society to keep existing as it does today that like by having that job you become like a lower class of person in the eyes of some people and i think that is something that a game like spaceport janitor or a hard space shipbreaker that is like interested in in tackling those ideas like there's so much more interesting things you can do with that that are just not covered by the kind of pure job sims and i think that's like a big part of why people like us who tend to value narrative really highly kind of don't don't vibe as much with those and like kind of thinking more on this idea of like using jobs and mechanics to like have interesting narrative uh, a game that i was thinking about is papers please mm-hmm which I would kind of call simulation-esque in the fact that it's like it is a border crossing simulation game where mechanically that game is kind of just does come down to you just look at passports. It is, yeah, it's a, it's a bureaucracy simulator. Yeah, it's a bureaucracy yeah. simulator. But there's like incredible narrative potential that comes mm-hmm. out of that. Totally. And it uses the idea of doing work to like question the player of like being like, are you willing to do this work? Are you willing to go against doing this work correctly? Or like, how are you willing to like fight against it or be complicit in these things that your job allows, which I think is also really great. Mm -hmm. Um, And then another thing that, and I was thinking about this because this came up kind of for a second and like before we started recording and we kind of pushed it aside, but I actually was, I wanted to talk about this. Mm -hmm. I want to talk about Rockstar Games and specifically Grand Theft Auto and Red Dead Redemption, because these are massive open worlds that are like, mostly they are kind of just like player fulfillment, like sandboxes where you can just do whatever the fuck you want. Like most people will play Grand Theft Auto just so you can run around in cars and just like do whatever the fuck you want. But there are elements of those games where there's heavy simulation in them or the potential for like stuff like that like in grand theft auto you can you know play tennis and go do a bunch of random things um not to mention the like role-playing communities that come out of those games that are simulation based like people who play as motorcycle gangs um kind of similar to how you were talking about with elite dangerous and then i think there's another level of this with i think red dead redemption to especially kind of you can see i think rockstar actually thinking about what using these more intricate mechanics does narratively where you know you can do hunting you can do all these minor tasks and what they mean for like 
how they flesh out the world of Arthur Morgan. And a, a specific detail that I'm thinking of um, that's really talked about a lot in this great J- uh, Jacob Geller video called Artificial Loneliness is um, one of the mechanics you can do in Red Dead Redemption 2 is you can make split point bullets, which are more like deadly to enemies. But the thing about split point bullets is that you have to physically craft them one by one in game. Mm -hmm. So you have to sit down and you have to go bullet by bullet crafting a split point bullet. And so it like it takes so much time. And the like point that Jacob Geller makes in this video is that through the majority of Red Dead Redemption 2, bullets are flying all the fucking time. Like you're shooting off bullets like no other. And so there's no there's not a value in making split point rounds because the the time put into making a split point round kind of erases that value when you're shooting so many bullets. Mm-hmm. But there's one area of the game that is so abandoned and so desolate that there's only like when you do meet like enemies there's only like one or two of them and the value of one split point round becomes so much more so the there's a value in spending your actual in-game time making those rounds then and it's one of those things again where it's like even in a game as big as red dead redemption 2 they're like investigating the idea of like how can you use this simulation-esque mechanic to like bring out something better in your game yeah that's i mean that's interesting i i haven't played red dead 2 so i don't have like a personal experience with it i thought you were kind of going in a different direction which is like because these things are so time consuming to make like it sort of it makes you focus on i'm spending my time to become more deadly like like i don't know I mean, that's also the potential like it yeah. could mean because you value you yourself value it more because you right. spent work yeah like there are so many things you could be choosing to do with your time like the choice to sit and craft these bullets to make yourself a better killer like i feel like at some point has to like cross your mind that like <laughs> is this how i want to be spending my time like is this what i want to do with my my cowboy life you know yeah. it's interesting mm-hmm. that that type of in-depth like simulation elements as as a very small part of a much larger game also kind of makes me think of final fantasy 14 where there are like very developed mechanics for like all of these different jobs like they are extremely time consuming if you want to follow them and there are people who play that game like exclusively as crafters basically you know or who play that game as like fashion designers in a sense or interior decorators like there are just by i i think making a a sort of simulated society people want to find a place in that Mm -hmm. that is not just like going out and killing monsters and following the story like i think there are certain people i think i would put like fc leaders and people who get really involved in that into the same category who clubs managing clubs and doing clubs making the eorzea aquarium things like yeah they see this like community and want to be like want to have a part in the community not just as like a a player of a game but as as like a member of this little digital society Mm -hmm. Uh, and i think that's also like a really fascinating path to go down it's it's not something i'm focused like overly on like i've done those things in 14 like but it's not something that i've like focused intensely on but i do think it's interesting to see like when you have a game like that with so much to do when people choose to do those those more like 
I don't know, mundane or, or more like simplistic things. Like what is that? What does it say about you as the player? And what does it say about the game that allows it? Uh, and I think it's, it gets very different for every game. Like, like that's a very different expression in Red Dead Redemption than it is in Final Fantasy XIV. But I think it just shows that like, even if you're not a person who really wants to go out and just like play truck simulator, play a simulator game, there are ways in which games that explore the idea of simulation and of a job and of serving a community in some way, serving some function is can be interesting even when there is like saving the world to do at the same time. Yeah. No, no, I like that. That was a great thought. Kind of a good ending in my wow, opinion. Thank you. Um, I mean, do you have other things you want to say about job sims? I do have other things I want to say. Maybe I'll maybe I'll edit that section to the end because <laughs> it was such a good ending thought. But yeah, so I actually do want to talk about like the idea of what makes job sims appealing. And I think for us, it's a little different of a question because I, neither of us are into those like pure sims. But even, mm-hmm. you know, even in the experiences you have had, like what like you, you put this in here as a joke, like why the fuck do we want to spend our leisure time doing work? But I think that's a valid question. Like, what is it that that makes you want to do these things? I kind of think the core of it, and we've like touched on, we've like kind of talked around it a little bit, is it's that idea of just, it's almost this idealization of some of a certain type of labor often, mm-hmm. where it's like, just you do the job and you do it well. And the joy is in the job itself. And um, like you just do the truck simulator for, you know, no other benefit than you're just doing the job well. And it's there's some kind of weird satisfaction in that of itself that I don't know how to vocalize quite right now. But I think that's what is appealing. Like with Power Wash Simulator, it's a sense of like, you did the you did a good job. You had a good day of work, and it's mm-hmm. kind of like you do a you do a quote unquote simple task well, and there's value in that. Where it's like, look, you power washed this house. That's an accomplishment. And I don't know. Maybe it's just everybody hates their goddamn life because we live in a terrible, you know, capitalist society that's crumbling around us, and every job is fucking miserable. And so the uh-huh. idealized, and it's like it's cl- I I. I want to come back to this idea like i think all of these job simulators are clearly an idealized version of something absolutely but it's that idealized vision of like a good simple job that is what draws people in yeah yeah no i think that's a really good analysis of it like i mentioned um briefly last week wilmot's warehouse right which is a game about unloading trucks and organizing the things that come off of them and then bringing like orders to people that's not that's a job that exists in real life and like unloading trucks is probably not anybody's dream job but if you can turn it into a, a, in the form of Wilmot's warehouse like you can make it just about that activity just about forming the system of organization that works for you and fulfilling these orders in a way that works for you it is actually enjoyable and i think that's present in a lot of these job sims is like the things that they leave out are like your boss being an asshole for no reason. It's these like systems and processes that have been in place for years that don't work anymore, but they're there just because nobody feels like changing them. Uh, The customers who say dumb shit to you all day are not present in it. The fact that you, you know, can't make a living, even if you're breaking your back doing a job that isn't present in these things. 
like I think the really cynical way to say it maybe is like it is if jobs weren't all terrible. Which I think is the interesting thing for me about why Hard Space Shipbreaker works so well. Mm-hmm. Is because it it is the complete opposite of that where despite being you know fantastical and what the job actually is but like because it's you know fucking space but like the narrative of that game is explicitly all of that where it's like your managers are terrible you Mm -hmm. cannot make a living wage and you're stuck in this you know shit job and i think that's what's so fascinating but i think crucially the end of that game is not escaping the work it's escaping the job Yes. The end of that game is you go off and you form your own salvage company. Mm-hmm. So there is an acknowledgement there that the work itself can be valuable and can be fulfilling if you're not stuck under the thumb of some shithead who's going to can you for not doing it right. I'm going to shout this out. And like I think it's funny because it's like I will inevitably shout out Renata Price all the time. Um, mm-hmm. Um, Renata Price has this incredible piece that she wrote called Hardspace Shipbreaker Understands the Joy and Grace of Good Work. Definitely give that a read if uh, if this whole conversation has been interesting. So I just want to plug that. I think that's this is at least the third time that that has come up in the show. Listen, <laughs> that, that I like this piece. piece. I like this piece a it's lot. A and I, li- and I like Renata piece. Price a lot. So just There's let me... There's a reason why you like it, because it's good. <laughs> but yeah, I, th- I think I mean, I think it's very that's very like well observed like these it is it is the part of the job that can be enjoyable without somebody there to make your life miserable about it i think at a mechanical level there's also a very clear uh sort of progression or a or a clear reward system like if you do the job well you will be rewarded for it and be able to whatever it is either make your make it easier to do make it more enjoyable to do whereas in the real world it often doesn't matter how good you are at a thing like you can you can be the like incredible at, at a job and still not make ends meet by doing it and still not have your your contributions be like rewarded. So I think there is an element there where we we just want to we want to live in a meritocracy, even one that is only in a video game for a little while, because we like kind of crave that that thing that doesn't exist in the real world. I don't know. I think I just think it's really interesting that a lot of the the things we go to if in the things that we are looking for in job simulators are like things that could be present in work in the real world, but have been taken away by, I mean, capitalism is the easiest mm-hmm. way to say it, like taken away by the way that our society is structured around work and the way that you've been trained to look at work. And it's just like, if you remove those things and all that's left is the work, there's there's a lot of joy to be found, even in things that we find very mundane in the way that they work in the real world. Yeah. I just want to say very quickly that I do think Square Enix, we've talked about this, Square Enix needs to make a 7th Heaven bar simulator. We, this was one of the first ideas that we had for I know. Like, an episode, was we come up with our like dream 7th Heaven bar sim. I think that would be great also. Square Enix, for a reasonable consultation fee, you can mm-hmm. hire us and we will help you make this game. Yeah. It should be made with the uh, 7 Remake engine, so it just looks oh, so nice. Yes. God. So actually, okay, not to uh, <laughs> to poach from our 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 inevitable uh, work with Square Enix that we're definitely going to do now. But if are there things that you want to see in job sims that you don't like? What what would be a job sim that's like appealing to you in the way that like this genre doesn't really doesn't really give to you right now? Or does that exist at all? Like, is this just a lost cause for for you? 
I don't know. I don't think it's a lost cause. I don't know what I could. I don't think I can pinpoint what it is besides Mm. like kind of just referencing the ones that I've talked about that I do like. Sure. Specifically Hard Space Shipbreaker. I don't know. Um, I'm trying to think in my head if there's a job that I want a job simulator of. Yeah. I mean, I've mentioned before, like, I think a, like, really in-depth barista simulator would be interesting. Yeah. There are some like that, but it's more about, like, running a shop and, like, buying equipment Mm -hmm. and stuff. Like, one that actually focuses on, like, the mechanics of using an espresso machine and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Because I think that stuff, like, that's the good stuff of the job, you know? So that would be, that would be interesting to focus on. Um, But I think that's a tough one, too, because the other thing that makes that interesting is like dealing with people and that kind of just relies on like the game being written well enough for you to really like you know get into it i want a bookshop sim so like a management to... kind of yes sim. yeah i want to be able to run my own bookshop mm-hmm. that's the dream you, yeah we could make a sim of the like coffee shop slash bookshop slash plant shop slash cat cafe that every person wants to everyone we know wants to run lesbian dream simulator exactly <laughs> lesbian simulator 2023 <laughs> but i think that's about all we have to say probably for a genre that we don't play terribly much uh, but as it turns out we still can't stop talking about it otherwise what have you been up to this week willa so first off i want to give you an update on sex in the city Oh, please. Please do. So when we had last left off, I was we were just about to finish season six, which is the final Mm -hmm. season. We finished season six. I thought it ended fine. I think the ending was okay. Whatever. Um, Season six is a bit weird, in my opinion. Then we watched the first movie. It's not great. It's weird. It does a lot of stuff. The whole plot of Sex and City, the movie, is that Big and Carrie finally decide they've gotten together at the end of the show. Mm-hmm. And then they decide to get married. And right when they get married, Big leaves Carrie at the altar. Oh, no. <laughs> and then he goes to he immediately turns around, though, and he realizes he's like, what the fuck am I doing? But Carrie has already lost it. And she's like, she's leaving. Yeah. So the whole my thing about it is I think the whole movie's annoying because it's just retreading literally the plot that has been retread like a million times in the show. So it's it's fine. It's it's whatever. There's a lot of iconic looks in it, though great like uh carrie wears a a vivian westwood uh wedding dress it's really cool um and then we watched the second movie the second movie is fucking god awful it's so bad it's i just i can't even it was Mm -hmm. terrible and then it's the one where they go to space right (laughs) they actually go to abu dhabi Oh, okay. But it's it's just like a really bad movie. It is literally just one big tourism ad. And <laughs> it's so weird. Like, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. It's so fucking weird. And then after that, we were like, okay, it's time to watch And Just Like That, which is the sequel series that is now on its second season. We watched a fair bit of the first season before stopping because it was so bad. Um, like, when it originally came out. Mm-hmm. So we read a recap of the first season and then we started with episode one of season two. We could not even make it through it. It's so bad. The show Yikes. is god awful. So we are done with Sex in the City now. Our time is over. That's sad. Yeah. Have you have you found the replacement yet? No, we haven't yet. It'll mm-hmm. be we'll have to figure it out. But something that I am happy that I get to watch now is Jujutsu Kaisen season two is out. And, and Zoe this refuses is, to watch this with you. Zoe would never watch this with me. This is okay. a uh, it's it's mostly like 
an action anime. Okay. It's kind of like generally considered one of the best like manga and and like anime of like modern time that's currently happening. I really like it. The first season was really, really good. Um, season two is awesome. And it just started. There's only uh, there'll be two episodes out by the time this comes out. It starts with a flashback arc. And it's so there's there's a lot of great storytelling that's going on. I love it so much. Also, like all the women in Jujutsu Kaisen are like so fucking hot. Like I sent you I sent you a screenshot of um, Mei Mei. Who is she's the woman with the white hair and the tie and stuff that I just <laughs> what kinky shit was she doing in the thing you sent me? She was just sitting in her car. Oh, oh, this okay. I know this. Yeah, one. yeah. So but she's one of them. But like all the women in the show are impeccably designed and like they're awesome. Uh, uh-huh. But also the story is just really great. Like episode one of of season two, I think has like it has a really good cold open and it just like it's a it's a really well made i really like it um and i'm happy it's back i've heard about this show what's it what's it about so the whole premise of the show is it's about this kid named yuji itadori who he finds out that basically the world that they live in there are there's basically like a a secret magic realm essentially where they're like Hmm. demons that basically can haunt areas um and Hmm. there are these people called jujutsu sorcerers who have the ability to like fight against them. They all have like kind of a special power. And he goes to basically a school for jujutsu sorcerers. And he starts as like the first year class and it's him and two other uh, people are in his year um, and they're a little squad. And uh, it's about all the stuff that happens. It's, so it's like a it's, show. <laughs> sure. Um, it's very good. I highly recommend it. And like, if you've never watched it, now's a great time to watch season one, because then you can just start watching season two. But yeah, what about you? What have you been up to? Uh, I'm going to give you a little lightning round of things that I've been playing. So the Queer Games bundle like just ended. You're not mm-hmm. able to buy it anymore as of right now. But um, I picked it up while it was still available, and I've kind of been slowly working my way through some of the games there just like basically clicking on random games and like playing the ones that seem interesting. So I'm just going to very quickly run down a couple really short ones that I've that I've played. So I played a game called Waste Eater, which is by a developer who just goes by Kane on Itch. Uh, and this is a game, it's a very short little visual novel, it takes like 15 minutes to play. It's like one screen you're looking at the whole time, basically. You play as the last of a group of humans who turn themselves into like these creatures that can eat radioactive waste in order to purify the world after like it all went to shit and you're the last remaining one like your mission your your goal is accomplished like you've you all of you have saved the world but now you are just these like monsters who can't exist in the world anymore and it's just the last like few minutes as this this person has chosen to let themselves die uh and it's very sad and very but also funny um very cool game i liked it a lot highly recommend uh i also played i sent you a screenshot from this one this morning uh-huh. uh it's called has your dream of dating a bunny girl finally come true uh this is a game by milky i was gonna say i love this developer yes uh it's so the the description of this on itch lists it as a non-canon spinoff of yuki's passionate palpitating etc 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 a quest for a hot girlfriend it's a very short game you can play this one in like two minutes it's about like you you get hit by a truck and get isekai into like fantasy land where you meet a bunny girl and try to date her uh it's it's also very funny 
very cute. Highly recommend. Uh, the next game I played, I didn't send you a screenshot of this. I did want to, but all of the screenshots are extremely X-rated, and I didn't want to just like blow up your spot with them. So what you're but saying this... is after we finish recording, you'll send exactly. them. I wanted to make sure I got your consent to send them first. Uh, this game called Transgoetia, which is by Nadia Nova, who um, actually we ran a, uh, a interview with Nadia Nova by Rosie Hart in Inverse last year. That's a really good piece. I'll link to it. Um, it's a great interview. Uh, but Nadia Nova makes like erotic visual novels pretty much. Uh, and this is a game about... There's only the first chapter is available so far, but it's like under development. Uh, it's about you play as this character who finds like a sketchy website that lets them summon a demon to help them transition. Uh, and it's very cool. It's like it's very funny. Like, just, I mean, it's it's if you played Nadia Nova's other games, like you pretty much know what you're getting into. But it's like very great and kinky and cool. Very short so far, but there'll be more coming. And I'm very excited to continue playing it. Uh, and the last one that I played just this morning uh, is called Yuri Vanya, U-Haul of the Night. Uh, and this is a game that like, takes off the style of like the very original like Castlevania games. You can actually you can play this in your browser or you can download it as a Game Boy ROM, Hell which yeah. then you can play as an em- in an emulator or like just put it on a cart and like play it in an actual Game Boy. But it is you play as like a monster girl who lives in like this castle with a bunch of other monsters and your girlfriend wants to you your girlfriend is going to move in with you and so you have to make like your space cool for her to live in but your girlfriend is like a plant girl she's a i forget like what the monster is called but like you know like a monstrous plant so you have to like find soil and like get sunlight and stuff to just make it so that she can come and live with you and you just go around this castle and like talk to the other monsters and they help you like make your room safe for her uh this one is, is like a lot longer than the other games i've mentioned and it's also part of a series i think there's like three or four of them it's so cute it's it's great so i am highly so recommend into this, this. One as well i cannot yeah, wait these, to play this yeah i'll add these to the list we have going on itch uh and link that as well i'm gonna keep adding games as i play them and mm-hmm. find good ones and if i'll you know you can as well but um those are the just ones that i've hit so far and i'm excited like there's there's already like i have a huge list of games to play already that i haven't gotten to yet so i, I don't necessarily need to shout them out but yeah that's what i've been what i've been doing this week is kind of just running through some of these shorter games on the queer games bundle as we spent a lot of time last week exhorting you to do you should play weird small indie games and and think about them in ways that and what they do that AAA doesn't and a great way to do that is just playing bizarre queer games on itch yeah so that's been my week that brings us to the end of this episode of girl mode Uh, As always, you can find us wherever you find podcasts. Our social media handles have gotten unwieldy. (laughs) I think at this point... Just go to the link tree. (laughs) Yeah, I don't want to end every episode with reading half a dozen different variations of the words girl mode pod yeah. to you so i'm just gonna start putting the link tree in our show notes every time <laughs> check out our link tree we're on twitter and co-host and blue sky we're not on threads we're not gonna join threads i'm sorry but that's it uh and you can find me on twitter and co-host at robin bombas i'm not on blue sky yet i had yeah. to use my invite code <laughs> to make the girl, the girl mode account. Account. <laughs> but for now you can find me on twitter and co-host at yeah. robin bombas you took under the team you can find me pretty much on all social media at the Willow Row. And that's it. I don't know. That's it. Tell a, tell a local truck driver that uh, you should listen to Girl Mode. Yeah. If your friends play Truck Simulator, tell them to listen to Girl Mode while they're, you know, doing a long haul. That's actually a really good idea. I come up with good ideas sometimes. Congratulations. <laughs>
This podcast is not one of them. Ayo! What if we just quit the podcast? <laughs> what if I just had Zoe sub in and yeah, I just took a nap? Just don't mention it at all. Just let her play the part of Willa. All you have to do is talk a lot and be like really annoyed about every single thing that people think is fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Be really obnoxious. Just be a total buzzkill. Yeah, exactly. Hey, I tried to be excited about Star Wars once, and then you were like, you're stupid. Yeah. And you picked the wrong thing to be excited about. (laughs) Yeah, clearly. You should have picked something good.